Today is Wednesday, September the 20th, 2023, and this is a Daily Inc. update. A date has been set for next Thursday when it comes to the first impeachment inquiry hearing regarding Joe Biden. The House Oversight Committee plans to subpoena bank records, documents, and members of the Biden family who will be questioned at that hearing. Committee Chairman James Comer issued a statement saying the hearing will focus on constitutional and legal questions surrounding the president's involvement in corruption and abuse of public office. When it comes to the second Republican primary debate that will be held on September 27th, Donald Trump has revealed that he will not be attending this debate as well, but will instead travel to the state of Michigan to support the auto workers who are on strike against Ford, General Motors and Stellantis. Trump has expressed sympathy with the auto workers as they try to get assurances from the Biden administration that their jobs will be secured and not farmed out overseas to China in order to expand the electric car and green energy policies that the Biden administration has signaled for quite some time that they want to enact in the U.S., The New York Times is reporting that Trump plans to deliver a primetime speech to those auto workers when he's there. The second primary debate will be held in California at the Ronald Reagan Presidential Library. Attorneys for Donald Trump are adamantly insisting that the D.C. judge overseeing the case that was brought by special counsel Jack Smith against Trump is too biased against their client and it's causing a major conflict of interest. The attorneys say that if Judge Tanya Chutkin does not recuse herself based on past comments she made against Trump, that the judicial system will experience irreparable damage for generations to come. Jack Smith is defending the judge, saying the comments were taken out of context and that the attorneys for Trump are insinuating something sinister. The comments the attorneys are using were made by Chutkin as she harshly sentenced two different January 6th defendants that were tried in her courtroom. Back in 2021, Chutkin scolded them for showing blind loyalty to one person who she says remains free to this day. A reporter with The Daily Wire is doing a massive expose on a Texas land developer who is creating housing areas outside of Houston that are where illegal immigrants and cartel members are now congregating. The Colony Ridge development is in Liberty County, Texas, and currently has grown to well over 50,000 people living in trailers and dilapidated shacks and even tents. The land developer is Trey Harris, who is using different non-profit organizations or his own bank account to circumvent the traditional process that an American citizen uses to buy land or a home or get a mortgage. The Daily Wire is also finding out that Harris is a big-time donor to Texas Governor Greg Abbott, giving him $1.4 million in his last re-election bid. Harris admitted that he conducts business with those who don't have a Social Security number, and he also said that land developers are not legally required to check immigration status. He also insists that he's not developing an illegal alien settlement. The congressman who represents that land district says he's concerned about cartel activity at Colony Ridge, and law enforcement confirmed with the Daily Wire that members of the Gulf and Sinaloa cartels invested in properties there early on in order to build safe houses for drug and human smuggling operations. This is also the same neighborhood that made the news a few months ago when a man shot and killed five of his neighbors in cold blood when they asked him to stop firing his semi-automatic rifle late at night. A Democrat mayoral candidate who just lost to the incumbent mayor in last week's primary is now filing a lawsuit to challenge the election. This lawsuit is occurring in Bridgeport, Connecticut, and is a result of video being found on social media that shows a Democrat clerk stuffing a drop box with absentee ballots. The attorney for John Gomez spoke at a press conference on Tuesday. Today we are holding this press conference because we have gathered evidence indicating voter suppression and absentee ballot fraud. Multiple complaints have been filed with the State Election Enforcement Commission, including the most recent and irrefutable piece of evidence, 
an incriminating video for City Hall security footage showing Wanda Jita Paskey, the vice chair of the Bridgeport Democratic Town Committee, the district leader of the 136, and a city, and a city employee of Bridgeport depositing absentee ballots at 999 Broad Street. Ms. Jita Paskey's involvement in this election is deeply concerning. She has been named in various complaints across many districts related to harassment, bullying, promises of Section 8, rent rebate, groceries, just to name a few. A few. In this primary, Gomes lost to incumbent Democrat Mayor Joe Gannon by only 251 votes. Gomes was actually ahead in the machine vote numbers, but then lost after the absentee ballots were counted. Interestingly enough, the city received an unprecedented 4,000 absentee ballot applications for this primary. Bridgeport police say they are investigating. These national story updates have been brought to you by Open Inc., a website that is a repository of documents for those who like deep digging, critical thinking, and true journalism where the facts speak for themselves. Up next, a preview of what is coming and what is available on the Open Inc. website. January 6th is back in the news, especially since the former Capitol Police Chief Stephen Sun testified before House Committee on the security failures of many of the law enforcement agencies on that day. To date, there have been four congressional reports, along with several Inspector General and Government Accountability Office reports, and they continue to support what many of us have suspected from the very beginning. January 6th was an intelligence failure. We rely on accurate intelligence to help us develop effective security and operational plans. Accurate intelligence is essential, is an essential factor in the decision-making process of the Capitol Police, the Capitol Police Board, and the oversight committees. We now know that significant intelligence existed, that individuals had, were plotting to storm the Capitol building, target lawmakers, and discussing shooting my officers. And yet no intel agencies or units sounded the alarm. We were blindsided. Intelligence failed operations. The January 6th attack at the Capitol was preventable. Sun requested that National Guardsmen be sent in due to the size and behavior of the crowd around 1 p.m. on January 6th. The House Sergeant-at-Arms consulted with Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi on that request from Sun, which was never fulfilled. Sun was also asked about that by a New York congressman. So let me ask this then. How would the situation have differed had the National Guard's quick reaction force been able to deploy uh, soon after your call, which I assume would have been just minutes away? Yeah, if, if they had followed their emergency authority and they had uh, deployed the uh, quick QRF, we could have had close to 200 National Guardsmen, men or women here, fairly quickly. That could have been a game changer. The Metropolitan Police Department sent me almost a 1,000 officers. That would have been the next largest cadre of officers. We could have absolutely used their assistance. Yeah. The New York Post is now revealing in an article that many confidential human sources for the FBI were undercover among the crowds on that day. There were so many of these informants that were being paid and communicated with by the FBI that apparently the FBI lost track of that number. The former assistant director at the FBI, Stephen D'Antuano, spoke behind closed doors to the House Judiciary Committee in which he revealed that many FBI informants had come in from other field offices or participated of their own accord, along with those informants who were within the D.C. Bureau, and they were all there to infiltrate the Trump rally. There were so many of these confidential human sources that the Washington field office had to put out some type of communication in order to get feedback and an idea of the scale of the informants within the crowd. 
House Judiciary Committee Chairman Jim Jordan responded to Don Tuano's testimony by sending a letter to FBI Director Christopher Wray calling this new revelation extremely concerning. He now wants Ray to provide a substantive briefing on the FBI use of paid informants and what were the guidelines that were provided by the FBI to those informants related to January 6th. And Donald Trump brought up the fact that Nancy Pelosi turned down his offer to deploy at least 10,000 soldiers to that area. Trump said that if Pelosi had not turned down that offer from him, there would have been no January 6th. And he ultimately held her responsible. Trump also spoke at a pray vote stand summit in Washington, D.C. this past weekend, saying that if he returns to the White House as president in 2024, he will take action to get justice. To reverse these cruel travesties of justice tonight, I'm announcing that The moment I win the election, I will appoint a special task force to rapidly review the cases of every political prisoner who's been unjustly persecuted by the Biden administration. Just a reminder that the Open Inc. website has a full collection on January 6th that involves the documents and testimonies coming from people that were in the Capitol building, whether they were part of Congress or part of the crowd. You can find that collection of documents at open.inc and on the main page, going to the upper right-hand corner, hitting the document button and looking for the category that comes down. It says January 6th. Thanks for listening to this Daily Inc. update.